Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amal and Chad, with your breakfast toast. Cut the freaking music. It's Monday. It's January 23rd. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. We know who is going to the Super Bowl. Um, here's a shock. It's the Patriots that are going for the ninth time in their franchise history. Do you believe that? Eight I can't believe the Patriots are the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl again. Shocking. I mean, absolutely. You don't say away. that. Uh, listen, I'm not trying to be a hater, Amo, but it uh, feels like Groundhog Day once again. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, and it's going to be a week of mundane press conferences, which at this point I'm starting to find some humor in with Bill Belichick. Um, here's a little nugget from yesterday. He said he didn't even know that Atlanta won. <laughs> 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 this guy's he loves to rub it in, doesn't he? Yeah, he really. Is. Was, there, was there a game? What is it? Oh, oh, you mean there's two conferences in this league? Oh, okay. So, so that Atlanta team won the uh, the NF, the NFC, the NFC. You call it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, guys, hilarious. I uh, didn't even <laughs> know that they won. I didn't have a didn't have a chance to check my SnapFace account. The guys won. My SnapFace uh, uh, didn't tell me they won. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, you know what? Rightfully so. I guess Bill Belichick is pretty much telling uh, everyone what we should know by now. The Patriots just don't see anyone else in this league. They don't see you. They're just they're out there. It's them against themselves. And, uh, when yeah, are we going to admit? When are we going to admit that maybe they're just really good? You know, I said that yesterday on uh, Facebook. I'm like, well, you know, we got taping, we got deflated footballs, we got all this stuff. At some point, can we just admit maybe these guys are like really good? Uh, I think I don't know. Can it, no one? No one's disputing that. No one in their right mind would dispute anything. Well, then I know people that aren't in their right mind because I've had people tell me that uh, I had somebody tell me Brady was on steroids. <laughs> What about him would suggest steroids? Nothing about the man. Uh, just first of all, I don't know if you've ever seen him at a beach, but right now he's looking a little bit like a mudslide. So, I mean, no, I, I, I mean, you know, yeah, he's never been a I, I don't know. Uh, one of the, you know, his, his combine tape is out there. It's uh, one of the funniest things you'll ever see. So I don't know where that would come from. I guess anytime you're winning like that, um, cheating will be the word that's used. You know, you know who they're gonna say is yeah. on steroids today? Julio Jones, Amel. Good God, what is? I mean, he was frightening. And you know, yeah, when we that guy. About, yeah, when we talked about this game on Friday, I said there's no way they hold him down two games in a row. Earlier this year, they held him to 26 yards uh, receiving. There's no way that was gonna happen again, and uh, he definitely made sure of that. 180 yards on nine catches and was just a complete and total beast. Um, you know, coming off the line of scrimmage after catching the ball, just everything you want out of a wide receiver. Couldn't tackle him. Um, the one play where he had the long touchdown, if you can watch that, if you have time today for our listeners, um, you may have seen 
you know, the, the play and he, he, the point where he catches it. Just watch the play from start. He manhandles the corner. Oh, I, yeah, I saw the play. You mean for the audience. I mean, that play. Uh, I mean, here's, here's what I like what Atlanta did in that game. Okay, and I, you, you know me. I was bitching all last week. Atlanta watched, and they said, here's our advantage. These guys are beat up here, here, and here. And we're going to keep attacking that until they show us that they they figured out a way to stop. And they didn't because Atlanta could have scored 60 if they wanted to. Um, you know, they, they looked at their corners. Yeah, they looked at their corners and said they can't cover Julio Jones, so we're going to throw the ball to Julio Jones anytime we can and may, maybe when we can't. I mean, you said that last week. You said the same thing about Des Bryant. They should have just kept throwing the ball to Des Bryant. Zeke and Des, that's all. That's it. Yeah. Um, but I so think I Atlanta know. was underrated all year. I, I kind of told you that Friday. I, I felt that um, they kind of flew under the radar. There was some interesting stuff they talked about in that game yesterday where Atlanta, you know, they were one of, they were the only team in the NFL, I believe, who had all five starters on the offensive line make every start. Um, that's a oh. that's a great place to start in football. You know, when you have that continuity there, their offense was clicking all year. I kind of felt like they just – Maybe because they're in Atlanta and it's a, it's not known as a great sports city per se. I think maybe they just didn't get paid attention to. But they, you know, we we both knew that they were a pretty damn good team, and I think you know Green Bay was out of gas, and that was a bad combination for that game yesterday. Yeah. Meanwhile, over in New England, the Patriots with three guys that looked like they banded together to open up a Starbucks franchise, and I'm talking about Hogan Edelman and Amendola, are out there just putting up numbers on uh, Pittsburgh, and, uh, and I don't know what Pittsburgh did defensively there. Uh, Pittsburgh failed on both sides of the ball. Offensively, they were what you said they were going to be, have trouble getting the ball in the end zone when they're down in a red zone. It was a carbon copy of the Kansas City game. We're going to get down there with the dink and the dunks and, the, and, and you know all the little pop shots down there. We're going to get inside the 20, and then we're going to fail miserably and kick field goals. And that's just not going to get it done on the road, let alone in, in New England with them uh, smelling a, a Super Bowl appearance uh, right under their noses. But defensively – Can I ask you a question? I have two questions for you. You're a defensive guy. Two questions. Two. Okay, the, specifically and then generally. The specific play where the outlaw, Jesse James, catches that ball and gets down to the one-foot line yeah. or the half-yard line. It's first and goal. Right. I mean – Roethlisberger is what six five six six. He's not a smidgen under two sixty. Trust me, I don't care if they list him at two forty. That guy, that guy's a Twinkie, you know, from, from being two sixty five or two seventy. He's huge. Why am I handing the ball backwards four yards to go forward one foot when I got a quarterback who weighs two hundred and sixty pounds? Explain that to me. Well, look, and the other side too, Emil, is if you can't. If you can't move somebody and, and hand the ball off and get a foot, then maybe you just didn't deserve to get any hands on. But I'm with you. Uh, first play probably should have been a QB sneak with Roethlisberger. I mean, what's the, what's the point of having a guy that big? Um, there isn't a bigger quarterback in the league. Uh, maybe Cam Newton, maybe. Um, if you're going to have a quarterback sneak, that would be the guy. Uh, yeah, and he's happen. the guy. I mean, Brady Brady gets like four yards when he does quarterback sneaks. I mean, I think I think the Roethlisberger could somehow figure out to get a foot and a half. And then specifically, what is this trend in the NFL? I, I asked the question yesterday where on third and one, second and one, we're empty backfield, 
and we're spreading you out. New England did it on their first drive. The guy dropped the ball. would have been a first down, but they're throwing the ball on third and one, and that gets lost because, well, it's New England. And then Pittsburgh comes back on their first drive and throws a bomb to Coates, who let it go through his hands, but still, it's third and one. I mean, Vince Lombardi is twisted in his grave. Well, that's football in this in this era. That's how things are done. You're just going to have to adjust, okay? You're just going to have to adjust. So get it together, my friend. Um, we throw well, on short around here. So if you want to wait. I don't like it. Up, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. Woody Hayes, you throw the ball, two things, three things happen, two of them are bad. I mean, it's easier to run if you could, you know, especially those two teams both have good offensive lines. It's not like either one is, you know, has a horrible offensive line where you say they can't get pushed. I just, I don't understand it. Whatever. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, it goes under the radar because of the Cowboys. I mean, uh, because of the, the, the Patriots, but you know what, in that game with the Steelers, I don't know, man, they just, the drops were, were disappointing for them as well. Um, we'll get to Antonio Brown in a minute, but the drops by the other guys, it's like, hey, guys, this is it. This is a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Why Why can't we catch the football? Yeah, they, they dropped a lot of passes that, you know, change, as you know, it's hard to, you know, you look and you say, well, they were getting killed, but, you know, it changes momentum at different points in the game. You know, guys just not stepping their game up, making plays. And I'm sorry, the guy's mega talented. I get it. But I, I don't want to hear right now, until, unless something changes next year, when I ask you who's the best running back, please don't tell me, Bell. Because it's not like Bell – I mean, geez, he missed more time. If it's not weed, it's an injury. Go look. This guy, you know, you can't help the club from the tub. The guy's missed a lot of time in his career due to injury for a guy who's relatively young and healthy. Who's the best running back in the league? Pardon? Who is the best running back in the league? You know the answer to that. I don't. It used to be Adrian Peterson, but he's a little he's a little long a tooth now. You know, you know the I answer to that. Uh, I know you want to say something like like you know Ezekiel Elliott. He doesn't have enough time in there for for me to say that. Just don't. Yeah. He doesn't have enough time. In there. I mean, Le'Veon Bell's done it over a while. Yes, he's missed he's missed some time in the lineup. He's a running back. Okay. They get hurt, they get punished, things like that. I, I thought it had an effect on the game yesterday. Pittsburgh was on their way to a loss anyway, but um, that's a tough position, man. You're going to get hit, and a lot. So it's, it's, it's Le'Veon Bell for me. Yeah, I won't debate it with you now. We'll just sit back and watch it unfold. Oh, well. You know, over time. He's been in the league four years. He's been in the league four years, so that's a a chance to play in 68 football games. He's played in uh, 64 football games. He's played in 47 of them. He's missed 25% of the games. What's he done in the 75% of the games he's played? It's been lights out. Well, his best season, his best 16-game season, which was 2014, he had 1,361 yards his second year in the league. Which Elliott is topped by 300 yards in 15 games this year. Had 1,600 yards. This guy, this guy hasn't even come near 1,500 yet. Great player, but you got to play the games, man. I'm sorry. Come on, you're killing me right now with that. Um, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that. And you know what? Here, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to look up. I'm going to have to break in that little trusty stat, the little nerd 
the little, and you know, I think you know which one I'm talking about. The little nerd fantasy football stat. I'm going to see if Ezekiel Elliott is in any danger of being in that, having hit. How many times has he touched that ball this year? Zeke, 320-some. Total? 320-some. He wasn't near 400. Yeah, come on. I'm, I'm doubting that. We're going to take a look at 324 right carries. Listen, I'm not arguing with you. We we can watch it play out over time. I'm just saying that, you know, that's a big game. That's a big game, and all of a sudden the guy's missing. He's That's a <laughs> – I mean, that's a big loss for them early in that game. I mean, you, you, you're you you're removing – you know, Williams is a nice backup running back, and if you want to run him 10 or 12 times in a game where, you're, you know, you're killing the Browns, that's great. But, I mean, you know, there's a big drop-off right now at this point in their career from Bell to Williams. Okay. You don't agree with that? From Bell to Williams? Uh, yeah. You know, only given because of the way that they, you know, use guys. I mean, I, you know, put Williams in another offense, maybe. But, yeah, in that offense, maybe. I wouldn't say huge. I think – Well, you know, how about Williams- the passing game? Forget the running game. I mean, where Bell was missed yesterday, I didn't think they were going to be able to just run the ball down New England's throat – Belichick usually, you know, if he can do anything about that, he isn't going to allow that. But, you know, I thought Bell could have had a more profound effect in the passing game because that is something he's he's excellent at. You know, I mean, probably the best receiving running back in the league without a doubt, him or the guy from Arizona, Johnson. But, I mean, uh, you know, I thought he could have had a real impact on that game in the passing game. And, you know, without him, you know, Williams isn't that player right now. I said that's part of what makes him the best running back in the league is the way that he is also uh, used in that pass offense and the way that he can play. He's Marshall Falk right now. That's who he is. Mm. We can't argue Marshall Falk's value when he was uh, in this league playing for the Rams. He's that guy. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm not doubting that. I'm just saying that, you know, what gets lost is Dallas doesn't ask Elliott to do that, and yet Elliott had 30-some catches. I mean, the guy had 11 yards a catch. He averaged 11. He had 363 yards receiving. It's not like he can't do it. They just don't need him to do it. It's a different different offense. I mean, but he can do it. He had to. You're going to really – you think as you, a rookie, you're going to call this rookie the best back in the league? Is that what you're doing? I think barring I think barring injury, and again, that's always you know you never know when a guy's going to do something unfortunate like Bo Jackson did. You know, Bo Jackson might have gone down for all we know as the greatest running back ever, with but he had that hip injury against. Uh, I still remember it in the playoffs against the Bengals. But I think barring injury, Elliott's the closest thing we've seen come into the league uh, of Adrian Peterson since, of course, a young Adrian Peterson. I think he's the closest to that in that he can run you over. Or just run by you. I mean, the guy's got sprinter speed. He, you know, you watch that guy, and you know this. I mean, you, you, we've talked about this in college. You'll see a guy take a pitch and just go around the corner and you know get tw- thirty yards because it's college. You know, not everybody's a profession going to be a professional player. You rarely see guys get the corner in the NFL. I mean, for substantial yards. I mean, that guy he, he turns the corner and gets seven, eight yards. Half the time, he's a, he's a trip away from going. I mean, he's got that kind of speed and power. That's what I, I think makes him special. Now, I don't know if he's going to get hurt. Like you said, you do get hit a lot at that position, so who knows. But, I mean, I think uh, I think his talent is as close position. to Peterson as we've seen. 
Yeah, look, I don't know. Um, I'm looking at Le'Veon Bell here. He's had 45 receptions, 83, 24. He played six games that year, 75 this year. I mean, that's a tremendous. Oh, don't yeah, don't misunderstand. I mean, I'm kidding around about him missing games. Great player. I'm not arguing that. I just you know we could have this debate in the off season. Let's get back to the boring football games because I got you off. I got you off track here. I rattled your cage well, a little I'm not, bit. We'll, we'll get back. I'm not here to boring one. I mean, this is probably a more interesting discussion than anything that happened in those games. But okay, because yeah, I, I don't want to get you off track. Because I know, I know, I can do that sometimes. You know, no, I mean, as long as you don't find it, I don't want to bore you. But no, I think it's an interesting discussion. I just think they're two different offenses. Um, you know, you you hit his first year in Pittsburgh. He had 45 catches. That's his first year for 399 yards. Now Ezekiel Elliott had 32 catches for 363 yards. So I mean. I think you'll see the Cowboys as Jason Witten's career winds down. The chances of them finding another first ballot Hall of Famer are probably slim and none in the near future. I think you'll see Elliott take on a more prominent role in their passing game as more of you know a supplement as a different target. Right now, they still have that Witten safety blanket along with Beasley and Bryant. But I think as Witten's career winds down, you're going to see Elliott become more of, hey, I can't find anybody, I'll throw it to him. Well, here's two things on that. First of all, uh, you know, when Le'Veon, when 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 Ezekiel Elliott hovers around 2,000 yards from scrimmage for his team, then you know, I think we can we can really strongly have this debate. In the two, you know, in the only full season that Le'Veon Bell has played, 2,215 yards from scrimmage. Uh, his rookie year, he was not thought of. He was not as highly regarded coming out as Ezekiel Elliott. And he was not, I think, relied upon as much uh, that first year as he has been in the three years since. Um, And in this year, missing four games, Emil, 1,884 yards from scrimmage. I mean, he might have broken the mark. In fact, he probably Uh, would have broken. Ezekiel Elliott this year had 1,994 yards in 15 games. Yeah, I just want to see what happens when, as you say, Jason Witten falls out of the offense and now Elliott is touching the ball more, can he stay healthy in, in, in that? Well, uh, of can course. He... You know, nobody can predict the health. But, I mean, you know, Bell hasn't either. So my, my point is I still think when you look at them in full seasons, I mean, he had, as a rookie, he played 15 games. He had six yards short of 2,000. I mean, that's, that's a pretty – and, you know, what we're not talking about here, and as you know, this is very important. You're a defense coordinator. Elliott's phenomenal in pass protection, which gets lost at the NFL level. There's a lot of guys that are two down backs because they can't they can't figure out the blitz. Yeah, I'm, I mean, uh, I think he's a puppy, man. We got to wait. I think we got to wait. I know. On that. But I, you listen, know there's no right answer to the argument. Again, people love to make lists, and we we do that all the time. It's fun, and we have these debates like you and I might have over a coffee, but. There's there's not going to be a right answer. For some people, the answer will be Bell. For some, it'll be Elliott. And for some, they might say David Johnson. I don't know. I mean, I think all three of them are worthy of being in the discussion right now. Johnson, you think? Well, I'm going to just throw it out, you know, with our little discussion we got going. I'm going to put it up on Twitter right now. So if you're listening, I'm putting a poll up. Who's the better running back, Le'Veon Bell or Ezekiel Elliott? We'll, we'll throw it out there to uh, – to social media land and see what they produce. 
And, uh, of course, he'll be right if they agree with me. If they uh, agree with you somehow, then, you know, it's just the social media being a mess. And that's how we have to. Can we add 10% to the Elliott votes for the cowboy hate factor? Oh, come on. Give me a Come on, if you put a poll up right now, is Tom Brady a great quarterback? You'd have 30% of the wing nuts telling you he's not. (laughs) We'll, we'll, you know, we'll allow for that. It is a poll for crying out loud. But, uh, yeah, (laughs) nevertheless. All right. Uh, we do need to get more into these ball games and the little intricacies of the things that happen, and we're going to do that right after we come back from this break. We do need to ask this question. Where do the Packers go from here? Where do the Packers go from here? And do the Falcons have a chance in this Super Bowl against the almighty dynasty? We'll talk about that more when we get back on a Good Iron Stead show right after this. What's the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit gridironstuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Gridironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, chip stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. beat up yesterday? Why did they just get run right out of the Georgia Dome like that? Well, it would, you know, I mean, I got laughed at last week when I, when I, because a couple of weeks ago I said the pal, the Packers need more balance in their offense, and people laughed at me after they beat my Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, they should have, they should have, they should have run, run it more. And I'm like, okay, I'll just sit tight and wait on this. Well, you know, they might have lost 
anyway yesterday, but there's no way to protect a beat-up defense like they had when you have no running game. You're left to, to hope your quarterback can be Superman, and there's going to be days he can't be Superman, and you're sitting there saying, well, I guess we're going to get 50 hung on us. And frankly, you know, Atlanta felt mercy for them, or they could have hung 50 on them. The Packers had no way to keep that defense off the field. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, and we talked about this all year. Uh, the fact that they had no running game, uh, I was going to catch up with them at, at some point. And they'd kind of blown through that. It went on a long win streak. You know, Aaron Rodgers did ask everyone to relax. And uh, he looked to be making good on that. And who's played better at the position? Um than he has over the last two weeks of the season. Uh, what he did against the Giants, what he did against the Cowboys, looked superhuman. But when you combine the fact that there's no running game and your secondary, uh, it's, you're playing practice squad players, it just seemed like a really uh, tough deal for them yesterday. From the word go, they had issues. Right. But you have no chance if you're not going to run the ball because if you're not going to run the ball, those practice squad players are going to be on the field all day and they're going to be exposed. Well, at this point, Emil, I mean, uh, you know, like we said, your running back's number 88. He's wearing number 88 on his jersey. Are you even set up to run the ball anymore? I mean, is that – can you even do that? Is that Was that even an option for them? Well, at this point, no, because that's not how they're built. I mean – you know, you don't you don't all of a sudden change character on January 22nd and say, well, you know, we we our defense is beat up. Let's run the ball. That's a mindset and that's organizational. And you know, there'll be fans out there laughing right now, saying hey, we're in the NFC Championship game. And I contend, for as great as Aaron Rodgers is, and he's definitely, in my opinion, going to go down in that top ten. I'm not going to say five because I think that you know we've been playing this game a long time now. That list gets pretty expansive, but he's definitely going to be in that top 10 conversation of NFL quarterbacks. Um, for me, he should have won more at this point. I mean, I mean, I look at that guy, and other than Brady, and, and, and again, that's a taste thing. You could argue that, you know, Rodgers might be better than Brady in some facets, but I'll take Brady because he reminds me of a cyborg. He just goes out there. I'm not, I'm not sure he's human. But after Brady, I'm not sure he's the better quarterback in the league. And he's won a Super Bowl. And, you know, so has Trent Dilfer and – Brad Johnson and uh, you know Doug Williams and a bunch of other guys. I just think he should have won more, and I think part of it is they really, really don't commit to running the football. It's not something that his coach likes to do. McCarthy likes to throw it around, and that fits perfect with Rodgers. They're buddies. It's symbiotic. Let's throw it all over the place, and you know, so that's not a, a formula I love. You know, good God, that Trent Dilfer. <laughs> That Trent Dilfer Super Bowl win um, just hangs in the air like the like the stench from a from a tire factory. Uh, it, it's referred to more often than not to tear down another quarterback than anything I've ever seen in my life. There's so many people that must curse the fact that Trent Dilfer uh, won a ring, but um, he did need the best defense, uh, arguably the best defense. Uh, in NFL history to do so. I'm more of a historical guy. So, you know, which brings up this point. Uh, Tom Brady, to me, Abel, um, even if he wins a Super Bowl here, which is kind of likely they are favorites in this game, if, you, if you're going to ask me uh, after a day after this Super Bowl or any time after that, I'm still going to tell you Joe Montana. 
Uh, and people may have a problem with that. But I look at history and I look at things like this in this fashion. If you're the first to really do something, I give you a, I give you a ton of credit. Um, and and I don't think there's ever been anything like, you know, Montana when he did, you know, what he did with, with the San Francisco 49ers. Some may, you know, point to Bradshaw or something like that. But I give you a lot of credit because what happens, once you, once you do something for the first time, you establish for everyone else that it can be done. And to a certain degree, um, it, it makes it a little easier for those coming after you to do it. You know, if no one's ever run faster than yeah, like Yeah, like Roger Bannister's four-minute mile. I mean, once once right. you show other people, hey, you can run the mile in under four minutes, then it becomes, hey, we, you know, this can be done. How do we train to do this? And, yeah, right. I mean, I, I mean, there's, yeah, there's merit to what you're saying, I believe. It's funny. Uh, at the same time, you're bringing up Roger Bannister. I'm getting ready to talk about a, a, another track event and running under 10 seconds and 100 meters, so. Um, you know, we think alike here, but so I'm going to give it to him. And I'm not sure, Emil, what Brady would have to do in my mind to surpass a Joe Montana. Where do you stand on who's the best quarterback of all time? Let's get, let's give Brady a Super Bowl victory here against the Falcons. Is wow. You're giving him the victory already. Let's you want to give the let's guy the victory already? For the sake of this argument. Okay. We're, so you want me to take I, I I think you may end up chuckling at me, but if you you know you're going to need when we get off the show later to, to look at what I'm going to tell you. He was one of the first to do it. I think the greatest quarterback of all time, if you really go pick it apart, was was Johnny Unitas. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. I mean, if you go look at the games he won, you go look at the passing records. Go pull out. I mean. You know, people, the problem with football, even more so than baseball, it's very difficult to compare players across generations because the rules in football change so drastically. As, you know, baseball is essentially the same. Some things change, but by and large, it's the same game. You know, back in the day, there was nobody completing 60% of their passes. It was a different game. You threw the ball as far as you could. The idea of a pass was what I said before, well, bad things happen. And so you might as well, you know, make sure it's worth the risk. I mean, here's a guy in a 12-game season back when guys, you know, would throw for 1,500 yards. He threw in his, first, in his second year in the league with the Colts, 2,550 yards, 24 touchdowns. You go down the list, 3,000 yards passing in 1960 was like 5,000 yards passing today. He did that in 12 games. Back when you could hit guys all the way down the field, he had 29.90, 29.67 the next two years. The next year, he passes for almost 3,500 yards. Go look at the list. I mean, 1963, guys didn't throw for 3,500 yards. He won championships. I mean, this guy, I mean, he was the real deal. He, he, he was the guy, he was the Michael Jordan of the quarterback position. He he got these guys doing what they're doing today. You know, it'd be a, it'd be a tough sell on 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 this new era. Even people from from you know our age group, it'd be tough to sell that to them. I'm willing to look at that though, because I give a lot of uh, credence to people who do things for the first time. It really he um, won two NFL championships before the Super Bowl era. And then he won, a, he won a Super Bowl. So he was a three-time champion. I mean, granted, there was less teams in the league, but that was all he could play against was the guys in his league. So he was, you know, I mean, this is a guy who's won, who won championships. They have 
They have an award named after him in college, the Unitas Award given to the best college quarterback, okay? Well, I mean, these uh, guys playing – and Joe Montana hasn't they haven't been removed from the game long enough to have I know like that. I, I know I'm being listen I'm using hyperbole leave me alone okay I'm using a little hyperbole they've named an award after the guy okay he he was a, he he was a 10-time pro bowler five-time AP all pro I mean I just think he invented things you know are, are you, am I going to try to suggest to you that he's as athletically gifted as uh Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers well hell no Think training changed. I mean, the guy was born in 1933, played in the 50s and 60s. Guys got bigger and faster. But I think when you compare him against his era of guys, I, I think it's undeniable. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm. You know, I'm going back looking at things here. And, and folks, if you're into research and stuff like that, ProFootballReference.com, great place for you to go for you football nerds that like looking at history and stats and things and, and how they go. So I'm you know, kind of rolling back through times here. So I'm at 1955. Your leading passer, Jim Finks, 2,270 yards. Um, it's And it's that's kind of where this thing was in the 50s. If you if you were around 2,000 yards, you know, you were the biggest passer in the game. Just goes to show you how much things have changed over the years. And then Unitas uh, comes on the scene in 57 with 2,500 yards. Um, yeah, you might be right, Emil. I, I give a lot of credence to that whole thing uh if you're the first to 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 put something down and hey, no can i make really an argument going. for one other guy and this guy's more of our era okay and i'm with you on montana listen my, i can't tear down montana there's nothing the guy did that says he shouldn't be in the argument but let me give you a guy that i think gets kind of pushed aside because people put so much onus on winning the super bowl john elway got to five super bowls and won two of them the first three as you know chad his team had no business being in the Super Bowl. I mean, they were only there because he took them and propped them up and carried them to the Super Bowl. You know, they had defenses that were average on their best days. They they, they had offenses that were, you know, John Elway throwing the ball and running and doing everything. I mean, I, I think you could make a legit case for Elway when you really sit back and look at his career. Yeah, I, I don't know that I I mean, those Super Bowl things mean something to me. Yeah, just, you know, I've never seen, here's the other thing, too. Never seen Joe Montana in a Super Bowl walking to a losing locker room. That's another thing, too. So, um, it's like, again, again, I'm having a hard time arguing with you because I I, I was always a proponent of Montana. And and after researching it over the years, I slid Unitas ahead of him. I, I won't argue hard with you for Elway only because you're right. I mean, it's it it's hard when a guy's never lost that game. So you know, all I'm telling so you is. So the question is this now: what would what would Tom Brady have to do to for you to put him at the top of that list? Pass pass uh, high top black shoes and uh, Mr. Montana. What would what would he have to do? Nothing. I just need to reflect more on his career when he's not playing anymore. I mean, he's he's right there. I mean, he's in that the team picture for me. If it, you know, if I start forming that picture in my head, I mean, I'm saying, you know, you know, I got Brady in it, I got Montana, I got Unitas, I got Elway. I have to think a little harder, you know. Um, you know, another guy that his career was shortened because of of military was Staubach. I mean, go look at his career. He got his team to four Super Bowls. He won a couple. He was an MVP. Like that no, I'm just. I'm not saying I'm not putting him above them. I'm saying, uh, you know, he's definitely for me. 
in the top ten. I mean, you know, you go back to when you and I were kids. If you were watching a game and you hate it or your team was playing the Dallas Cowboys and there was a minute and a half left and they got the ball, you knew you were losing. <laughs> I mean, he was that guy. That might have something to do with what's going on with the poll I put up here on Twitter. Who's the better running back, Le'Veon Bell or Zeke Elliott? Right now, it's this very strong 71% for Le'Veon Bell, by the way. Is that, I mean, how I much are we going to count the Cowboy hate factor? Because the 240% difference? Well, just because they take a poll doesn't make it doesn't make it so. We will see their careers unfold, and then someday God 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 bless us. We'll both still be here, and and you you will say, Emil, damn, was I wrong? And I'll say that's okay, Chad. Okay, well, what happened? You got, you know, at least one of our followers here, um, you know, has made some, somewhat of the same point you have. He says at this time it's Bell, but Zeke has so much room to grow. So we'll just have to see if yeah. that's something we could. Well, let, let, let me lay this on you, just so you just so you know, I'm not talking just just being funny. I pulled this up. You pro, by, by the way, I use that all the time too. I love Pro Football Reference. Oh, um, awesome. Stallback only got to play ten years in the league because because of his military oh, service. Exactly. After winning the Heisman, his best years, his young years, he he was on a Navy carrier outside of Vietnam. His record in the NFL: eighty-five wins and twenty-nine losses. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty phenomenal. I can't believe you're doing this right now. How did the Cowboys slide into every – listen, we talk – I didn't – you asked me – you asked me about Brady. I said I have a team picture. I, you know, I, my, for me, if you're asking me who's in my team picture for the greatest quarterback ever, it's Brady, Unitas, and Montana. That's that. That's the end of my argument. Uh, I, I could put Elway I'm, – I'm, what did you why say? Why are we talking about the Dodgers? Because you asked me other guys. I said John Elway. I said John Elway. I said Stott. There's other guys that I've considered over the years when 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 looking at this. Listen, I didn't ask you about other guys because I knew Aikman and Staubach would slide their way into this conversation. No, I can't, I can't put Aikman in there. I can't put Aikman as much as I would love to. He was a great quarterback. But, no, no, I, I, I didn't even try to go Aikman. No, 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 no. Don't go Roger either, okay? Knock it off. On behalf of all of our listeners, cut it out. Okay. I'll knock it off. Roger I'll knock it off. He was, I mean, you know. Terry Bradshaw was his daddy. Do you understand that? Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw was whose daddy? Roger Starbuck's daddy. Roger Starbuck's daddy. Terry Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw had, had about 12 Hall of Famers on his team. <laughs> So you don't even want me to compare the two as quarterbacks. Who was the guy that said famously about Terry Bradshaw? He couldn't spell cat if I gave him the C and the T. Don't worry about uh, you look. Hollywood Henderson quotes we could spend forever on. It's one of the greatest books that I ever read, but I'm not going to allow that to shape history, okay? I'm not going to do it. It's a great read. If anyone wants to uh, find that book tucked away deep somewhere in Amazon, uh, the book by Hollywood Henderson will have you roaring and laughing um, uh, by yourself. So people are going to think you're crazy. But well, back well, to the game. Wait, wait, when did I become the witness in this trial? Who do you I mean? Where does Brady rank for you then? That's all I'm asking you. Number two. Number two. Whether he wins the Super Bowl or not, what the Patriots have been able to do, I don't. We, it, we've not seen domination like this um, 
it, in any sport. Maybe you could talk about what the Bulls did. Um, I wasn't around for the Celtics on uh, Bill Russell and what those guys did, so I can't really speak on it. But just in my lifetime, not seen domination of anything of this sort other than uh, the, the Michael Jordan Bulls. And Tom Brady's been there for all of it. So along with putting up the yards on the field and, and the performance, um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a Trent Dilfer deal. He's, he's been the reason, uh, a big part of the reason, let's say. Um, and they're winning. Um, Brady's up there. And, and you know what? When all is said and done, like you said, whenever he decides to hang it up, you know, on the heels of this, he could do another four years, I guess. Maybe I do put him up above Montana. But for right now, it's Montana. So Brady number two. Well, I'm I'm never going to penalize a guy for playing on a great team. I think that's foolish. But here, the one the one thing I will say, when you go top to bottom for Montana, there was a lot of you know elite talent in San Francisco to the point of, you know, guys making the Hall of Fame there. And especially when you consider he threw the ball to who I think is the greatest NFL player, period, regardless of position the greatest NFL player, period, Jerry Rice. And then you, you flip that coin and you look at Tom Brady throwing the ball to some little white guy whose name I learned midseason, Chris Hogan. Another guy, right. as you said, who should probably run a Starbucks, Julian Edelman. I mean, yeah, those, and he, he's done this across, you know, different receivers over the years. Guys, some, some very good like Randy Moss, some you never hear from again. So I don't know. It's hard. You know, he's pretty close. Yeah. Um, you're right. You're right. And history may just have me flip-flop those two. And that's an interesting point there uh, with the whole Jerry Rice thing. But, you know, who, who knows, man? Maybe maybe Montana made Rice. There's always that, too. So uh, we'll just have to see. Back to this Packers-Atlanta game. To your point, Aaron Rodgers, the second leading carrier in the game. Four carries, 46 yards. The leading rusher for the Packers, once again, 46 yards. Um, and, and, and in total... Now, granted, uh, the way the game went kind of dictated maybe they wouldn't run the ball as much. 17 total carries in the game. It's just been par for the course for the Packers this year. And, you know, finally caught up with them on a Sunday in the Georgia Dome, the final game in the Georgia Dome, by the way, and they ended up losing this game by 23 points. It wasn't even really that close. So uh, good job by the Falcons. Let's talk about the losing team here. With the first pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select what position? Um, I think the Packers should go corner rounds one through seven before addressing their other needs in the draft. They need a running back. They need a back. In the first round of the draft, I, I think the Packers should trade their whole draft and take uh, your son and the other kid that played with them. And then <laughs> I think they should go into free agency and sign some more corners. Now they need a running back. Um, Twitter said the same thing, by the way. Um, let's, they, they wanted all the top four corners in this draft on their team. And somehow, it's funny how fans do that. Uh, in the first round, we're going to take this top corner. In the second round, this top corner, like, hey, guys, they're not going to be around. But whatever. I guess we well, can all dream. Fans are funny. funny. Fans construct trades. I mean, I've seen trades that fans construct, and they're wonderful trades. If the other guy was, was an abject moron, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think the Packers. I want to tell you this. When I was a kid, and, and everyone should know by now, I'm a diehard Yankees fan. I, I, that is my team over any other team in any other sport, ever. You know, anywhere. 
And I was such a geek. I would write down on paper um, a lineup that I wanted for the New York Yankees. And I'm telling you, it, it was the all-star team for that year. So 1985, um, pretty much the all-star team. I put them all in Yankee pinstripes. You know what I mean? So uh, at first base. Well, wait, that guy, wasn't that wasn't far off back then. That's when George used to go by every guy. I mean, you'd have Dave Winfield in left. You'd have Reggie in right. You'd have uh, pretty much he, he did put together all-star teams. Well, that's what, you know, this is similar to what fans do with the draft. Um, they are, they make the ridiculous draft lineup and like, okay, that player's not, Dalvin Cook, not going to be available in the fourth round for your team. Uh, but yeah, dream, dream on. So well, I, was too, I was too lazy. I was lazy yesterday because I didn't feel like, like calling this guy out, but somewhere there was a clickbait article. I don't know if it was Bleacher Report or one of them. It had to be clickbait. The guy wrote, the Cowboys should make the unthinkable trade. So I'm sitting there going, oh, don't click on it. But I couldn't resist. He wanted to trade Dak Prescott to the Cleveland Browns for a bunch of first-round draft picks. So I said to myself, let me think about this. I've got a position figured out for the next 10 to 15 years, so I'm going to trade the guy to get picks so I can hopefully try to figure out the position for the next 10 to 15 years. He should have his, his writing license. Whatever they give you, they should be retracted. Somebody like that should lose their ability to put stuff out there. Man, and if you say anything to them, Emil, they're going to fight you like you wouldn't believe. They're going to just go tooth and nail, and they're going to try and throw any fact that they can from any BS off-centered website. And they will argue that with you, and it's the most ridiculous thing that you could even suggest. Quarterback is the most important position in this game, and you want to just give that away in hopes of finding something in the draft with some unproven guys? Yeah, let's, let's see. I got two, two first-round picks and a, maybe a second and a third from you, so I could use one of them to hopefully find the quarterback that I just traded to you who's going to be a pro bowler probably for the next 10 years. And then if I get lucky and I do that, then maybe my other second round, first-round pick is worthwhile. What, are you kidding me? The Browns haven't had a quarterback yeah. since what? Bernie retired? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right. That's how, that's how far back you're going. And just, you know, what would Dak look like there before we get off of this game? Uh, Matt Ryan, um, now granted, he's throwing a Julio Jones. Muhammad Sanu was a great addition. Listen, you said it yourself. You can't penalize a guy for playing on a good team and with good players. Um, you, you, you know, you always stuck with the argument. Well, is this guy making those guys better? Is that guy making these guys better? Nevertheless, Matt Ryan looking like a pretty damn good franchise quarterback right now. Ain't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks he looks really comfortable this year in that offense, and you know, obviously, I think two things that you know are getting lost because they throw the ball over the place is they really shored up the offensive line. I think Alex Mack, the center that came over, he got his get out of jail card from Cleveland. He was a guy who toiled in anonymity in Cleveland for a long time. One of the better centers in the league. He really solidified the center of that line for them. And the other thing is, you know, as much as they throw it around, they do run the ball. And they've got a nice two-headed attack with Freeman and Coleman. Be- between them, those guys combined for 1,600 yards running. Um, they made an effort to run the ball. They had 350 carries between them this season. And, I, you know, I think that that's really, you know, something that's lost when you watch Atlanta. It's like these guys – will run the ball. They're not just out there, you know, totally playing flag football, throwing it all over the place. It's going to be the big interesting thing, though. Um, I've developed a good amount of um, respect 
for what Kyle Shanahan does offensively. And, it, you know, uh, looks like he's going to be leaving Atlanta and heading to San Francisco uh, to take that job. So it's going to be interesting to see what Atlanta is without him uh, as a part of, of this offense. And is it going to flow as smoothly? Can it, Will Atlanta be a mainstay in games like, like the ones yesterday? So that's a, that's a thought for me. Well, that that's one thing, right? You got you, you you know you always got the old thing. You know, you talked about it years ago when we first started doing the show, and it's expectations. You know, being being the hunter is a lot easier in anything in life, business, sports, than being the hunted. Because once you're the hunted, the expectations change internally, and you're going to get everybody's best punch. Then you know you're not sneaking up on anybody. The Atlanta Falcons are not used to being the hunted. They're not a marquee franchise. They're not a, a franchise that coming into this year people circled, oh, boy, we'd like to you know, kick their ass. That's not something that's happened. Now they become marked next year. So that, you know, a lot of this stuff changes. They also had an offensive lineman not miss a game this year. Um, I mentioned that in the earlier segment. You know, that's something that you know, might not happen again. So, you know, there's going to be challenges to staying up there. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, but let's just enjoy where they are now. All right, we're going to slide on. When we get back, we'll uh, talk about the Patriots, the Steelers, and what's going to become of this Super Bowl. Um, and we'll do that more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! The 7 on 7 season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, Print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grits. 
The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. All right, folks, let's talk right now. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will blow this man out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. I'm on a roll. 13-3. 13-3 my last 16 on games of my life. On Saturday, two-team NFL parlay over. I felt so far to bed. I knocked him out. I knocked the man out last week. Listen, I will take my hand, knock him out. I will take my hand, knock him out. Bang, 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 bang. Always find that absolutely hilarious, Stu Finer. What do you think? What, do you think it was just Coke? What? What else do you think? Maybe Coke, I, I, Coke or maybe who knows? Crystal meth. I don't know what he was using at the time, but he, I mean, I'm thinking he had to be on something because, I mean, just the energy to do that. I mean, he made me tired listening to him. Yeah, I definitely get a headache. But uh, yeah, kudos to him. Uh, a lot of money spent with Stu Finer and uh, a whole lot of nothing gotten in return. Uh, nevertheless, hey, this is this phenomenon that I, I see a lot when I put a poll up on Twitter. Um, whatever I put up on Twitter uh, ends up on Facebook. So when I put up something like a poll, I will get, I'll get one result on Twitter and get almost an opposite result on, on Facebook. And it's funny how that happens. So on the Twitter poll, it's a, you know, I don't want to call it a landslide, but it's a pretty significant in favor of Le'Veon Bell as to who is the best running back in the game. Who's the better running back, Le'Veon Bell or Zeke Elliott? It's currently 69% in favor of Bell over, you know, Elliott's 31%. But over on Facebook, yeah. you know, you don't get poll numbers, um, but, you know, you get comments. And in the comments, it's, uh, it's, it's, 50-50, and if it's leaning in any direction, it's, it's, in, it's in, you know, Zeke's favor. It's just funny how that keeps happening. Yeah, well, you know, part of it is I think on Facebook, the fans have the good sense to understand that that it usually helps to play to be great, but, you know. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> a little sly shot thrown in there. Yeah, like you curved it around the corner on us, but... Um, yeah, it's just funny how that happens. I guess it speaks to the, you know, I guess the uh, the audience you have on Twitter versus uh, Facebook. So, interesting, interesting, interesting. Nevertheless, um, there was another game yesterday. It was the uh, Patriots taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm just going to admit this. Once Aaron Rodgers was eliminated from uh, the whole Super Bowl contention thing, I was not really uh, in favor of seeing uh, Tom Brady. I just must admit that over the top. I'm tired already of this. It's it's Groundhog Day. Uh, uh, Groundhog Day. Just tired of seeing. Well, you know, I I I could have went on that whole thing either way. As far as who, you know, I was hoping the Steelers and Patriots could play to a tie, but they couldn't. So 
for me, it didn't matter. Um, I, I could have probably found it in my heart had I not picked the Patriots on the show to root for the Steelers, except because they were my pick to go to the Super Bowl. Except whenever the Steelers get this far in the playoffs around here, I live in Pennsylvania, I start getting these goofy things on my timeline, uh, the stairway to seven and all that stuff. So then after a while, it's just like, okay, I'm going to root for the Patriots now. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I just That's just kind of where I was. Nevertheless, though, I do have respect for excellence. And um, and as such, you just gotta you just gotta you know tip your your cap to the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and the whole a lot and and what they've been able to accomplish. And here they are again in the Super Bowl. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers though. They they lost um, obviously, meaning they came up short somewhere. So with the first pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select what position? Hmm. Well, I mean, the easy answer that everybody's going to go to in that game, you know, you're going to say corner. But, you know, for me in that game, I I probably look more at at some sort of edge rusher because they want to play zone in Pittsburgh, okay? So the way that game plan was designed yesterday, they were in trouble because if you're going to play zone against Brady – you better get home with your pass rush because if you're not going to get home with your pass rush with a guy who has the velocity on the ball he has and he can pick an apple off your head from 20 yards away, you're in trouble playing zone. So if they want to play that zone, I'm assuming they do, if that's their scheme, they better get more pressure on the quarterback, if you ask me. Yeah, it was uh, it was difficult as someone who, you know, was uh, – you know, coaches and you know primarily on the defensive side of the ball to watch that last night. Um, just what they were trying to do on that side of the ball, um, and they stayed with it to a fault. Um, man, give give man a try for crying out loud! Like go man, because you're getting ripped apart. So you so you agree with me that that you agree that there's no way you're gonna. Play. I mean, that's what I was seeing. I'm sitting there saying, well, okay, if you're gonna play zone. And you're going to get pressure. That's one thing. You're trying to get an errant throw here and there, get a pick, you know, whatever. But if, if you're not going to get the pressure, you got to switch the back end of the defense because you're sitting in zone. He's hopping in the pocket on the balls of his feet, looking around, surveying it, and then he's throwing a 95-mile-an-hour heater in between everybody that there's no defense for. Yeah, you can't let him stand around back there. The only times I've ever seen this man be in trouble uh, is when he's been pressured in that pocket, and that's just really the way the hell that it goes. Um, so, you know, if you end up – I mean, you trust trust your secondary to cover those guys one-on-one. I mean, since when have we said, yeah, they catch balls, but when have these guys been great one-on-one talent? Hogan, Edelman. Uh, what, what, was, what was Pittsburgh worried about in man-to-man? That they wouldn't. Well, that's um, what I was. That you know, obviously, I'm sitting on my couch asking this question, so maybe the coaches know something I don't. But I'm saying, what guy here is scaring the hell out of you that you don't feel you could play man to man? Now, if Gronk's on the field, I kind of get, you know, you're you're in a dilemma with him, um, because there's very few guys that can carry him all over the field because of the size speed combination. But the rest of those guys, what guy is so terrifying that you can't go man? Yeah, I mean, are you worried about one of these slot guys, Edelman, Amendola, just doing numbers? I'd much rather go for that and maybe, 
Yeah, maybe they're hitting me here and there, here and there. But at some point, maybe you knock a ball out of Brady's hand or he throws it to somebody. Just the fact that they stayed in that scheme uh, that long and wouldn't make something else. And it was just, I got to admit, I was getting annoyed by it. Yeah, it was tough to watch. If you just wanted to see a good football game, you, you're, you were sitting there saying to yourself, okay, you know, obviously, as you point out, this isn't working. Um what are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to hope he just all of a sudden starts throwing the ball to the wrong team? I mean, it's not going to happen. They weren't doing anything to force Brady to be uncomfortable. The teams that have forced Brady over the years to not look like himself, specifically the two Super Bowls against the Giants, he got hit around like a pinata. I mean, that was the secret to to any quarterback, really, but especially with him, you you can't let him get really comfortable and get in that rhythm because he's such a rhythm type guy he and he gets so confident how about that by the way audible he called did, did you remember the play yeah he came under left he, left left and <laughs> yeah i forget what he yelled out but he somehow saw the matchup and it, eventually he had some little guy running down the seam in one-on-one coverage with a six foot six 270 pound linebacker that's 40 years old james harrison it was just a thing of beauty the way he audibled into that play yeah, he pulled that. He pulled a couple of fast ones in the game uh, yesterday. You know, I, I do recall one where he came up to the line and was yelling left, 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 which can mean a number of things. You just get the defense thinking, and he just ran up the middle on a QB sneak and got more than uh, you know more than the yard needed on that play. So um, you get a bunch of that's experience though and confidence. So you get a bunch of that with uh, with the Patriots, but. Like Pittsburgh looked helpless at one point in that in that contest, um, and it's kind of how things ended up being in both games. But for Pittsburgh, I thought um, had the better chance of winning than than Green Bay yesterday. And for them to look helpless like that, it's going to be an interesting off season. Uh, do you think at all, Emil? Because I got this question, and I knew this would be a part of the discussion both during the game and after. Do you think Antonio Brown? Um, it was a distraction, so we can't even you know, debate that. Do you think that had uh, an outcome on this football game? Minimal. I just think it was selfish. I don't think it I mean, you know, Brown or no Brown, you know, there was just things, you know, that game, that game was just, you know, things we just talked about. I'm not sure Brown has an impact on that. Uh, you know, the thing that will probably tick you off, but a lot of fans up here, I, I know they feel that way. There's, there's sets of fans that, in these games point to Tomlin and say, yeah, he's, you know, he's a good coach. He wins a lot of games. Um, he'll, you know, he'll win his 10, 11 games every year for you. But when he gets in against these elite guys, he's just, you know, not a great in-game coach. Now, you know, that's more of a question I'd like to ask you about, you know, I mean, you can't kill the guy because I mean, who are you going to replace him with? He's won a lot of football games, but what do you think about that? I mean, does that say something about him? I mean, you, you even said, why are they staying doing the same thing? Um, you know, that kind of drives me nuts with that. Because, you know, when I look at Bill Belichick, I'm pretty certain, okay, he gets a lot of credit for Bill's going to take away this and that. Um, I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick lets his coordinators do their thing. Does he have an input? Of course he does. It's in a similar fashion in which Nick Saban does. So there may be certain points in the game where um, you might tell your coordinator, hey, listen, I think we, we need to run the ball here. But is he that heavily involved in the X's and O's? I don't think so. I think the biggest separation between Bill Belichick and Mike Tomlin right now is just how he handles the attitude and mindset of the entire organization. 
And I'll say this about Antonio Brown. Who knows if it had an effect on the game, uh, but I know this. Winners focus on winning. And um, whether it was a distraction or not, going live in the postgame locker room after they beat the Chiefs had absolutely nothing to do with winning. Had nothing to do with winning the next game and getting yourself to the Super Bowl. Um, whereas when you're dealing with the New England Patriots, you will get a quote like you, did, you got yesterday. We made fun of it, but it just goes to show you the entire mindset. He knows he's being, what's the word, facetious, I guess, when he says something like, I didn't even know yeah. Atlanta won the game. But it's a message to not only his players, but the entire organization that nothing else matters other than us winning this next game. So whether the Falcons or the Packers won, it has nothing to do with us taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Absolutely nothing. So you need this focus. And that's for the bus driver to uh, the equipment team to the medical training team to the players, the entire organization. This is what we're focused on winning. So if you've got anything going on that is outside of us winning this game, you need to get that the hell out of here. And I think hopefully time, in reflection, Mike Tomlin will develop that mentality and say, hey, listen, I don't know if that's a distraction or not, but, man, your social media right now has absolutely nothing to do with us winning the division, winning a playoff game, winning the championship for the AFC, winning a Super Bowl. So just like, let's not even do that. Well, to me, I guess it kind of – the way Belichick runs that team dovetails into the silly, you know, the silly discussion we had a couple of weeks ago. I always find it amusing when guys like us – uh, who you know who talk sports or fans themselves start looking at um, the playoffs in any sport and go, okay, what team does this team want, prefer seeing next? And my argument's always been this: you're trying to win a world's championship. I don't care if it's basketball, baseball, football. Pick the sport. You can't trick your way into winning a championship. If you're the best team, does it really matter who shows up to play you next? I mean, at the at the end of the day, I think that's what what the Patriots. You know, that's the way they run that organization, and I think it is. That's why they're successful. It doesn't really matter, does it? You can't you can't trick your way into winning a championship. You're going to have to win three or four games. You're going to play some really good teams. Who the hell cares who you play? Right, exactly. And I just think he totally has 100% in his lifetime, Bill Belichick I'm talking about, bought into the entire idea of you only you accomplish your greatest, you do your best, when you are 100% focused on the task at hand. And um, no one does that better than him. Nobody in, in this game. Um, the closest to it, I guess, is Saban. Um, but these, those two guys have mastered that. You are focused 100% on the task at hand, and nothing, nothing else matters. Not your social media, not your, not your profile, not your brand. You do that crap in the offseason. When the season starts, we are 100% about the team that's in front of us. You know, uh, we're not worried about anything, and that would lead us to this right here. Coach, were you uh, happy or annoyed that Trump read the letter? Yeah. So your team's always been good at keeping outside distractions on the outside. Given the nature of this presidential race, did you find it? Did you find it? Helpful to talk to players about this. If any of your players talk to you about this, Seattle concerns about any locker room rancor as a result of this. That's how he lives his life. I don't care who's in the election. You know, 
you know, and one of his disciples, Nick Saban, said, I didn't even know it was election day. This is how these – I know two things. It's going to be Alabama and it's going to be the New England Patriots every year. We can go have our silly little shows in June and July, and we can pick all who we think is going to do this, that, and the third. But for as long as we've been doing this, Emil, at the end of the year, it's come down to New England and Alabama. Now, they haven't been in the championship every year, but they've been in the damn mix. And it's because of that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're relevant every year, and, you know, it, it speaks. Listen, I'm going to piss some people off, and they're going to think I'm crazy because, you know, people like to say Bill Walsh and Lombardi and Shula and Landry and Chuck Noel. To me, Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in NFL history. I, I, I can't disagree. Where I because, have a debate over yeah. Cannon Brady, I can't have that with, with the coach. Belichick. No, because here's, here's the thing, Chad. He coached in an era where the game is purposely rigged toward mediocrity. I mean, if you look at the NFL, they, they, they've they rigged the sport so dynasties are supposed to be extinct like dinosaurs, okay? it's When Lombardi and Landry and all those guys coach, and I'm not taking anything away from them, they were all great, it was easier to keep your team together. There was no free agency. Um, if Lombardi didn't like you, he traded you to Philadelphia or Cleveland and ruined your life, so you had to listen um, you were selling insurance in the off season, so you needed to play pro football. I mean, it's a different era today, and he still and this guy has done everything they've done in an era that's harder to stay on top, if you ask me. Yeah, um, and I'm just, you know, I'm I'm caught by that, you know, uh, just how they have um, gone full go with with focus, um, and that's just how they're beating everybody. You want to know what the key is for those guys? I mean. You, may, you you talked about it in an era where there's free agency and there's a salary cap and they're trying to make everything even and fair for everybody. Uh, for everybody, Bill Belichick says, okay, fine, I'll go grab a stock boy. I'll go grab a guy off the street. Hey, give me that player that you're ready to throw away over there, Miami. I'll take him. He's going to be one of the greatest guys ever. We're going to come back to uh, Hard Rock Stadium and we're going to beat the piss out of you and that guy's going to have a career day against you. That guy that you were going to cut, uh, we're going to take him. And it's just amazing how he's been able to do it. And for me, there is no debate. It's Bill Belichick, and then it's everybody else. It's Noel, it's Walsh, it's, you know, uh, Landry. And you know what? He's also figured out something. He doesn't get enough credit for this because everybody goes to his X's and O's. But he runs the football side of the organization. He's really figured out how to navigate the NFL in the era of free agency. He's got his core of guys, you know, the elite guys, the Bradys, the Gronkowskis. You know, he'll always have one or two of them on defense that he keeps around that are really, really good. And then he understands that you're better off building a deep team with a lot of very good players than a team that has a lot of superstars and and nothing behind it. So, like, you know, you could have a team with 15 superstars, and then the the drop from player number 15 on your roster to player number 16 is like the Grand Canyon, whereas the Patriots – they have five or six or seven of those really elite guys, but then the rest of their team is just really good football players. And they may not be superstars, but, but they're really good, solid football players. They do what New England does. You know, they know how to use them. And then when the guy decides you know, he's too big for New England and he's going to go make his $10 million a year somewhere else, Bill's okay walking away from him and finding the next guy. Yeah, man. It's really uh, Seattle. 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 Focus is amazing. So, uh, 
you know, we're not going to put ourselves out there with a pick. We do have two weeks uh, to figure this whole thing out. Not a whole lot being given to us here by odds makers. The Patriots are only three-point favorites. You know that's that line you just hate to deal with, the three-point yeah. line. But uh, we've got some time to dissect it. Um, so, nevertheless, we reached the end of this one. Hey, uh, National Signing Day is coming up, so uh, you folks need to stay tuned. We're going to be talking about the uh, National Signing Day program that I've got coming up. I'm going to be talking a whole lot recruiting here over the next eight days, as uh, next Wednesday is that day for Class of 2017, signing on that dotted line and uh, picking their destination for the next three, four, five years. So um, if you're listening to the show right now, stay tuned. Uh, please continue to check the uh, Gridiron Studs Twitter account, at Gridiron Studs, for future shows coming up. We're going to be talking about recruiting. It's that stuff everyone likes uh, during this time of year. So stay tuned to that. So, all right, we appreciate you listening. We covered it all for these two games. We made it We made it more exciting than it really was. Two lopsided events there. Wasn't it, Emil? Yeah, I would say. <laughs> That's unfortunate. But, yes, I have to agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah, we dressed these two things up. So we appreciate you sitting in here with us and listening to us pontificate um, about Le'Veon Bell and Zeke Elliott and the best quarterback and how Roger Staubach might be the best quarterback of all time. I appreciate y'all sitting. Don't and put words in my mouth. You, you know what? You, I'm going to start presenting my alternate facts. How's that? You know, alternate facts are now the way of the world. Hey man, you better get with it. All right. Nevertheless, folks, thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate you stopping by and checking out on the Gridiron Stud Show. For Emil Calamina, I'm Chad Wilson. Enjoy the rest of your day. All you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.